Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madolf. Hello, Tony. It is so good to be back with you in the studio. Uh, I was, I'm glad for the, for the fact that we can continue our podcast even when we're apart, but mm. it is so much more fun when we are together. <laughs> <laughs> Just the prep and even the recording and the post-recording is always uh, so much fun, when, more fun when we're together. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 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 takes a little bit longer, but <laughs> it, it is fun. <laughs> it does. Well, you know, you are going to be soon traveling uh, and being away for a for, lengthy trip. Yeah, for mm-hmm. about two months or so, you're going mm-hmm. to be away. So we're going to have to use the remote uh, system of communication. It, going it'll be forward. interesting because I'm going to be in some pretty remote areas with some sketchy Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it work somehow. But During this season, this is what we in the business, we call it missions conference season, Mm -hmm. you know, starting March, April, May. Hence the traveling. Yeah. And so we're traveling, we're going to different churches, we're going to present missions, encourage Mm -hmm. churches about missions. One of the things that is just kind of the nuts and bolts of what we do when we go to these churches to try to help these folks think about missions and their participation in it is going to surround the aspect of giving. Right. Giving financially to help missionaries and mission programs all around the world. It is a vital part mm-hmm. of the work of missions. And this isn't anything new. I mean, this even goes back to the early church where you would sure. see people, the Church of Philippi is a great example. They mm-hmm. gave to help Paul with the work that he was doing. Again, yep. So today we want to just kind of talk about the different forms of missions giving that is seen in churches. And you then, mean we don't do it all the same? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it was quite interesting, even our prep work, just the mm-hmm. different types. I, I yeah. gave you that weird look of, really? You've seen that in churches? <laughs> yeah. And then you said the same thing to me, one of the yeah. ones I've offered up. Yeah. You're like, really? I'm like, yeah. So yeah. we just want to talk about the different ways of giving and what ultimately I think we get get down to the, the brass tacks of it all is what maybe you know one of the better methods of giving Mm -hmm. and that we see that helps both the church and the missionary. Sure. Both. Mm -hmm. So I know people are going to be like, oh, money, giving, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. But it really is something that's, it's a critical part of missions that impacts both the missionary and the partnering churches that support them. So so tell me, what's some of the things you've seen? What, What are some of the methods that you know about that churches use to give forth towards missions? Well, I think a lot of churches who maybe are just getting started in missions, oftentimes they just look at their general budget and they say, let's give a percentage of our of our general budget. They just kind of come up with an arbitrary number. It seems like a lot of times I hear the number 10%. We mm-hmm. give 10% of our general budget to missions. There's definitely some other ways that I've heard of, and I'm sure you have, and you could mention probably the most unique way that I've seen, and I've only ever seen it once, is that uh, a church that I was in years ago, they had a a special envelope. It was their missions envelope in the pew next to the regular kind of general offering envelope. And on that envelope was a list of what were, I'm going to use the phrase, approved missionaries 
for that church. And what you could do is you could put an offering in that envelope and then buy a missionary's name or multiple missionaries' names, write down how much they were supposed to receive. And that was the only type of support they got from that church. Hmm. So, in other words, you might walk in and say, you know what, I want to give Stephen Madoff 10 bucks this week. And they, if you were on the approved list and your name made it to the envelope, they could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened if they didn't have the name on the envelope, but it was this was the approved list. And wow. so these were missionaries I knew uh, after speaking uh, with the pastor and all, that these were missionaries that had been in the church and had presented, and somehow they got on this approved list of being on that envelope. It, there weren't a, a lot of names on the envelope, but in the end you thought, okay, that's interesting, but how can a missionary depend upon that support or even know if that support's ever going to come in. So there would be no set giving in Not a sense all. because no. it would be so random. A, am I on, on the envelope? And B, someone who may want to give to me that month may never give again for six months. Correct. And, and it was weekly too. And so I don't know how they distributed the funds from that point, whether they did it once a month or whatever, but it was it was interesting it was unique and you know i'm thankful they were involved in their giving to missions but i also thought well how would you how would you know mm-hmm. i mean most missionaries don't have a fixed budget anyways they don't really know from one month to the next they have an idea because most churches commit to an x number of dollars per month and sometimes things happen where that doesn't come in that month but it might come in the next so on and so forth but this one is truly how could you ever know Wow. Wow. Well, one of the other kind of unique methods that I have seen is, uh, I, in fact, I I receive the benefit of it because I'm this church supports me and partners with me in the ministry we do. But they just collect all the money that is given towards missions and that comes in for that month, and they just divide it by the number of missionaries that they have. So in some months, of course, money's there'll be more money given. And so what I see at the end result, when I'm, you know, the math is all done, I may get a bit more. But then there's some months where giving is low, and then when I receive the, the support from them, it's going to be lower. And so it's, it's, it's just totally a mathematical equation of this is how much money was given to missions, divide it by the number of missionaries we support, and that's the total you get this month. Do, do they take a specific monthly offering for missions or is it just kind of like what I just described where money just comes in each week and rather than it being designated to a person we're just going to take it and divide it up amongst those missionaries that we support yeah it's it is just whatever comes in for missions that so no month. special offering yeah not a special hmm. offering just Interesting. you know as as people put it in an envelope and you know tag it for missions okay. it goes into the pot in a sense and then divide it by the number of missionaries and that's hmm. what you get and and Look, this church has supported me for 20 years mm-hmm. this way, and they've been faithful every yeah. every month for 20 mm-hmm. years uh, to give. But I can say as kind of the recipient as and as grateful as I am for it and to be a part of that church and, and sure. to be connected with that church. But it does—there are some great dramatic swings in the giving, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. some months it's, it is much lower— yeah. Uh, and then some months it's higher because, as you well know, and mm-hmm. and those listening, 
you know, any any church offering, there there are swings in how much people give. Mm-hmm. There's different reasons for why those swings, sure. just different normal everyday reasons, nothing mm-hmm. even dramatic or you know unusual. Just there are trends in giving. There are up, right. upticks of of giving, and there's down mm-hmm. swings in giving. When I receive that money from that church, it does create just an uncertainty of how much you're going to get this month. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really that much different from the church I described, except for that you know, okay, I'm going to receive some support from that church each month, whereas the the one I mentioned, you would never know. Um, and the challenge, though, for this church is if they increase their missionaries that they're partnering with, well, then obviously, if they just do it that way with the mathematical equation— Unless they're giving more to missions, mm-hmm. then it impacts all of us in a in a. And I'm careful when I say it, but in a negative sense, because that means I'm going to get less mm-hmm. money. Because say hundred dollars divided by three versus hundred dollars divided by four. Sure. Yeah. Well, now I've I've you know getting mm-hmm. less, but so it it really kind of hamstrings the church unless they tremendously increase how much they give. To sure. missions, you yeah. mentioned the ten percent rule. That, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the general rule of thumb that I've heard churches that mm-hmm. do, where they use the, of their budget. And the idea is, if we as a church increase in mm-hmm. attendance in numbers, well, of course, then the byproduct will be that our giving would be up, which then allows us to give more money. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like. By us working hard in our Jerusalem, we are then able to do for our Samaria and uttermost parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And I've seen churches that, I mean, that is their system, and it it can work, mm-hmm. but you are then kind of limited by what people are giving really in their tithe. Mm-hmm. If that's how you're going to divide it up like okay take 10% of what comes in in our general offerings well if you have to have people to give more in their tithe and the only way that you know I mean really unless someone wants to be super generous is just they got to make more income or Mm -hmm. you have to have more of a base of people giving in to Mm -hmm. that uh, Mm -hmm. offering so it they see it as a win-win for the church because it's like hey if we grow the missionaries grow Mm -hmm. in a sense and I Mm -hmm. could see how that is very how that works but i don't know if that's the best thing because a church that doesn't grow will never be able to grow their outreach around the world i mentioned at the first that it seems to me in my experience it's churches that do that have are maybe just starting off in missions and they've just come up with this is the plan on how to do it some are uh, maybe doing it for a long time and, and the previous pastor moved on, new pastor comes in and they don't give much thought, they just, this is how we do it. Um, but I do think that there is another way that you and I have the privilege to go to churches and present that uh, that the Lord has given to us in his word. It's interesting because even even when I go to a church where they do the 10%, a lot of times they will still refer to their their missionary conference as the phrase that we all have used for a number of years now as a faith promise missions conference mm-hmm. and 
that term faith promise is it was coined not too terribly long ago uh, but it was never used in conjunction with this idea of let's give 10% of our of our budget i'm not saying give 10 giving 10% of the budget is wrong i'm just saying the two don't really go together mm-hmm. one of the one of the churches that i'll be lord willing at on this trip that's coming up has just begun giving to missions and getting involved in missions within the last 2 years or so and it is what they're calling a faith promise missions uh, conference but they do the they do the percentage off of the off the main budget and hopefully lord willing i'll have the opportunity to present to them from second corinthians 8 and 9 especially the the biblical concept and and that doesn't mean that the other things are just off the charts not biblical don't do it i'm i'm just saying that second corinthians 8 and 9 is a passage that speaks specifically about what we often refer to as faith promise missions giving I prefer the term grace giving because that's the exact phrase that Paul uses throughout that that passage. But I understand why we call it faith promise as well, and I'm good with either either one of those. But it is a completely different idea of, well, whatever somebody might give this week, we'll send to the missionaries, or let's do 10% or 20%. Um, you know, I know there are churches that do higher than the 10%. This is a designated missions offering, and as the term would imply, based on faith. And in really, we're not going to go through faith promise missions here in Second Corinthians eight and nine because we would need a hundred episodes. <laughs> but, but but it is a concept that you can't just like teach in in forty minutes either, um, because you need to go through the passage and kind of walk through it. And it's been amazing to me. Um, I just had the privilege to do this in a church that has been involved in missions and has been around a very, very long time. In fact, since the 1800s. Nobody knows for sure, nothing new under the sun, but at least with the current pastor and the people that are in the church now, they said to me, we believe this is the first time this has ever been presented in this church. And I had a number of people who came to me and said, I've been giving to Faith Promise Missions my entire life, but never knew that there was actually any Bible for why we did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there is definitely the aspect, and we'll dive into the into Faith Promise in just a second. But there is definitely the aspect I think, which is so good when you look at the passages that Paul gives in Second Corinthians eight and nine of people willingly giving. There's an active participation by mm-hmm. people to help others. Now, mm-hmm. of, of course, we know that. Paul's encouraging the church to kind of fulfill the commitment that they said they're going to do right. to mm-hmm. help those in need. And he even uses the example of of others who gave even when they didn't have much to give, but their mindset was such that we right. want to help. We want mm-hmm. to be a blessing to others and to give. And so Paul's like, look, you all said you're going to give. He says this is the Corinthian church. So you need to kind of fulfill that commitment. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of one of the, the things, I think, when it comes to giving, I love it when there's a willingness for sure. someone to give. You know, if I yeah. give 10%, if 10% comes out of the church budget to go to missions, well, yes, there's a still a willingness of me to give my offering. Mm-hmm. But I, I do love it to, to when when I give my tithes and offerings, my, my missions giving, I know I am giving to help 
the proclamation of the gospel around the world. There's an mm-hmm. ac- activeness in my heart when I send that money. You know, I was going to say write a check, but I haven't written a check in years. <laughs> when I send that money through electronically, when when I press that button and mm-hmm. make my bank transfer, that the, I don't automate my deposit from my bank to my church. And I purposely do that, even though churches would love for you to automate it. <laughs> but I, I've told my no. wife and daughters this, that I don't automate it because I want there to be my active participation in giving. So I have to go in every month and I I set that transaction to occur mm. because I want it to be me giving, not just, mm. oh, it's, it's something that's coming out of yeah. my bank yeah. that I- the church... D- just takes. I get it. You're Mr. Cutting Edge. I actually only write one check out of my checkbook, and it's, it is the check that I write for giving to our local church. I don't even own a checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different story. But, but I, I do understand what you're saying, and that is literally the one check that we that we write. And, um, you know, as we talk about this, and you talk about a willing heart and all, I love the opportunity to preach 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And, you know, yes, you are preaching about the topic of money and giving and so on and so forth. But the great part about 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is that when God the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this, there are a number of verses in those passages, I think of 2 Corinthians 9, where he says, let every man give as he purposeth in his heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul says in chapter 8, I speak not by commandment. And one of the great things and what makes it really easy to get up and, and do this and, and present the, you know, because a lot of, a lot of I speak to pastors and they're like, I don't like to preach on money. Well, nobody really does <laughs> like to preach on money. I say, but this is, for me, this is really easy. Number one, I'm asking for the funds for others. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then number two, multiple times in a conference, and usually um, like most guys uh, around here who, who have the opportunity to preach 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, we take probably three or four of the services of a conference to, to lay those chapters out. And I will often say, Paul says, you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. I speak not by commandment. And he's he's literally saying, you aren't obligated to do this. He does follow up with a really interesting statement, <laughs> but to prove the sincerity of your love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. But I don't use it to put anybody on a guilt trip. In fact, I tell people from, from the very first night of the conference, we're going to speak about money, but I'm going to tell you, you have an out. Paul says you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. But I would say this to the church. If you don't, then come up with some plan to get involved with giving to the Great Commission because we all have to do that if we're going to obey the Great Commission because take it back to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We're supposed to be reaching, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth all at the same time. Mm-hmm. None of us can be in all those places at the same time. We have to send missionaries to accomplish that. And if we're sending them, then we should be supporting them as well. I think, you know, Paul says to the Romans, how shall they preach except they be sent? Nobody goes on a... On a job trip, you know, a trip by their employer and says, well, I'll pay it out of my pocket. The employer sends you, they pay the, they pay the bill. I think when we send missionaries, we pay the bill. We're we're the sending, you know, the church, not BIMI is a sending agency. (laughs) Let me be perfectly clear. Yes. Or else we'll we'll hear about it (laughs) if we don't make that very clear. The church is the sending agent. So, and, and when we go in, we say it even in our kind of intro every week Mm -hmm. that 
the churches that partner with us, right. that they are partnering and they're, they're sending us forth. That, mm-hmm. that word deputation is that idea of deputizing. Yep. So we are being kind of deputized by the different churches that we go to and connect with to do the work that we're called to do mm-hmm. around the world. And so there is very much that idea of, okay, you're, you're, I have a sending church, but in a sense, I have lots of sending churches, mm-hmm. not in the traditional sense of being commissioned right, by right. one, but I have lots of churches who are helping to send me Absolutely. overseas or help yeah. any of our missionaries mm-hmm. to go overseas. Right. And one of the things just about, you know, faith promises, sometimes people cringe when they hear it, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not, that's a high pressure sales and it forces people to kind of conjure up some number and then mm-hmm. they have to meet this magic number. But I think when people think that of faith promise, it it really, they don't understand what faith sure. promise is. Mm-hmm. Faith promise really, as I, as I teach it, is just the... Uh, the amount that money I'm going to commit to the Lord of what I have, trusting him that he will take care of my needs sure. as I'm giving that to him. Right. So it, it's not like I, I only have X amount and, and magically I'm waiting on God to conjure up some money that mm-hmm. drop into my lap. But mm-hmm. as I'm giving and I'm giving mm-hmm. sacrificially and I'm giving willingly, mm-hmm. that yeah, that's that's cutting into my income. There's no doubt because right. I'm giving. But I'm trusting that with what I have in my income, God is God can do what he needs to do to take care of me as I'm giving to him. Yeah. And and so I, I've seen so many people who have this wrong idea of like making up a number and you just got to look for where God's going to give you that number. It's like, no, I'm trusting God as I give mm-hmm. and give more and give. And I mean, for mm-hmm. years now, we have increased in our giving yeah. every year. But and so more of my income is going out. But I've seen God take care of yeah. of what l- less the less I have yeah. is being used in a greater way somehow mm-hmm. in some way it makes no sense yeah, and sometimes it doesn't make sense and the example that Paul uses when he says and speaks about the Macedonians he said some gave according to their power the word means ability and some gave beyond their power beyond their ability um, you know he says they were in deep poverty most of the Macedonians probably gave beyond their ability but some obviously had what they gave was they had it to give and they did it. Paul doesn't fault them for that. He He's not saying, look, you have to come up with this great, big, huge number. Um, I think of I think of the the widow lady when Jesus made the comparison of the the widow lady who, you know, gave the might, but she gave all. And Jesus said she's given more than all these rich men. He doesn't criticize the rich men whatsoever. There is no criticism from Jesus for what they gave. He doesn't belittle their offering. He just says, look at this lady's given more because she gave everything. And I believe she went out trusting God would supply her needs um, from that point. As you get involved in faith promise, I think it is that process of, okay, here's what I can do. And then as you do it year by year by year, it's like, okay, let's see what God can do. And a phrase that I know that you probably use, I think we all use sometimes, is faith promise a lot of times is God giving through us what we might not expect him to give to us. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean, though, that 
we should cross the line between faith and foolishness and say, well, I'll just write down a million dollars on the mm-hmm. card. I think that you really have to get with the Lord and and really seek his face. And, and I do believe that, that the Lord, look, if God can call somebody to Southeast Asia and tell them exactly where they're supposed to go, it should not be that hard for him to tell us what number we're supposed to write on a card for a commitment. You and I probably, with all of the meetings we do, we, we tell people constantly, pray about mm-hmm. it. It's not supposed to be an emotional right. uh, pull that we do mm-hmm. in any way. In fact, I really try to steer away from right. any emotionalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like spend time with God. Spend time seeking what the Lord would have you to do as you step out in faith, trusting him. To me, the one of the great examples of this that I see, and I use this a lot when I when I preach on faith promise giving is in an Old Testament picture Mm -hmm. of the people coming out of Egypt. Mm. It was promised hundreds of years before Moses, you know, under Mm -hmm. under the time of Abraham, just, Mm -hmm. hey, there's going to be a people coming out and they're going to receive Mm. and they're going to come out with goods is what God tells Abraham. And then Fast forward to the time of Moses at the burning bush, God tells him again, when the people leave, they're going to be have supply. Mm-hmm. Then obviously Moses goes and they, you know, the, the, the 10 plagues, eventually the people are leaving and they get all the goods from the neighbors of the mm-hmm. Egyptians. Well, you have these folks who had nothing right. and God has provided miraculously mm-hmm. to them these, these goods and wares. Well, I am convinced that when it comes later in Exodus, when it says, all right, we're going to build a temple now, mm-hmm. and whoever has, you know, and it goes through a whole list of good and sure. gold and silver and everything else that you see, and it says over and over, those of a willing mind, they gave, yeah. they gave, they gave. Well, these folks were folks that could determine, hey, we don't have much. Mm-hmm. We need this gold. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been in it's slaves. Yeah. So now, finally, we got the goods. Woo. <laughs> but they decide to give willingly, trusting that God will take care of what they now, they sure. have less, but they're mm-hmm. trusting God to you know continue yeah. to provide. And next mm-hmm. you know that the temple is, is built. And I always just chuckle because it's the only time you'll ever see a preacher say, you don't need to give anymore. <laughs> because Moses is like, you can stop giving now. We have enough. Yeah. That will yeah. never be ever said yeah. in a... <laughs> Any church, anywhere. But it is that idea that these folks who had nothing, God gave to them. Mm -hmm. They had a decision to make. What do we do with what we have? And Mm -hmm. they're giving to him. And and again, as they give, they're now trusting God. God, you will provide for us as we go on, as we have given to you. And and that, to me, is just a wonderful picture of faith promise. And I think think it illustrates why people who have been involved in faith promise for multiple years usually increase year after year mm-hmm. because they saw God provide in a miraculous way. And the more you get involved with faith promise, the more you understand, wow, God really is doing something here that I can't take any credit for whatsoever. And that's a great thing because that means God gets all the glory in this as well. And um, and so you can learn step by step, year by year, to trust the Lord for a little bit more. And by God's grace, we have endeavored to increase. Now, our income goes up and down um, sometimes. And so we don't always and haven't always given the exact same figure hasn't increased, but the proportion mm-hmm. uh, to our income 
uh, we've endeavored to increase and and trust God for more. There's a lot, a lot we could talk about here, but we are actually out of time with this. And so let's let's kind of we can switch. wait for that 52-week <laughs> series that we have. <laughs> let's switch gears and just kind of um, we spoke about these other these other methods, and I I wouldn't discourage anybody who's giving to missions and involved from from stopping, but I would want to encourage people to consider faith, promise, missions, giving in the sense that it is outlined and given to us, especially in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I think we can find it illustrated in other places. You mentioned Exodus. I think we can find it in other scriptures in the Old Testament as well. And, and I think the benefit of this is at least the church establishes a, a missions, a real missions budget. And, and that all automatically is going to show people in the church this is important Mm -hmm. we are actually budgeting something not just and again i'm not taking away from those who give out of the out of the general fund but we're separating it now and saying this is so important that we have to have it has to have its own budget it has to have its own thing and its own focus Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side for the missionary i think what it does is it helps the missionary have somewhat of a structured budget because all of us need that and when you're on the foreign field, you kind of need to know what's coming in each month. In fact, some governments don't even allow you access unless you can prove that you have a certain am- yeah. amount of money coming in every month. <laughs> I'll say this before you wrap us up. I know even missionaries probably think, yeah, that's right. Churches increase your giving. But it's mm. important for even the missionaries to teach their folks Absolutely. wherever they're at on the Absolutely. foreign field about giving yeah. and missionaries yeah. should be giving mm-hmm. so it's not just yeah. a church-centric mm-hmm. thing yeah. here in the u.s or mm-hmm. in north america or, but it needs to be something that missionaries are doing yeah. out of their own mm-hmm. um you know kind of money that they have right. that they're giving as mm-hmm. well as when they're on the foreign field or wherever they're at that god's called them to that they are also teaching giving to so missions. so vitally important we just had a screening committee yesterday for a brand new missionary couple uh, making application with BIMI and that was one of the questions that was asked are you actively giving to the furtherance of the gospel both in your local church both through missions I know as a pastor I would always ask missionaries are you going to teach your people to give and do you give to missions as well yeah. and uh, if they weren't going to do that or weren't doing that then we didn't feel like it was a good partnership for us hopefully this conversation is is helpful and maybe this is the first time somebody a pastor is listening or somebody else is listening and and the first time they've even heard that wow there is actually some bible for this thing we call faith promise uh we would love to talk to you more about that uh, you could contact us our our uh, contact info is in the show notes and so we would love to further that conversation with you but hopefully it's it's just been a help and it kind of get us to a point where we're starting to think about how can we do more to reach the world with the gospel and the bottom line is we need laborers but we also need money to fund the laborers and so hopefully this just gets us thinking about doing more to reaching out to a lost and dying world while the time is still at hand and we still have time because i think it's getting shorter all the time Mm. and so if this has been a help to you share it with somebody else would you do us a favor and maybe give us a rating on the app that you listen on that helps us to get the word out about the podcast and we do thank you for spending this time with us this week we kind of a privilege to meet with you like this every week 
Until next time, have a great week in the Lord.